Yeah. Hello. Matt. Matt Morgan, everyone. Hello. It's me. There you are. Of all people. Everyone else ain't there, but you are. We've established it already. Matt, just before we came out, we discussed the possibility of you doing Willy Wonka-style entrance. It wasn't a discussion, was it? No. What happened I was... I said, on, you can I come on like Willy Wonka, pretend I'm ill, and then... And he just went... Matt goes... Uh, he just put his head around my dressing room door, like something from the Muppet Show. Like, <laughs> like that, and went... Mate, 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 shall I come on like Willy Wonka, like I'm all ill, and then, like, get better? <laughs> I went... I sort of just, I didn't say no, but I meant no. Oh, everything said no. But if the body you, language. Do you want to do it? Get I mean, out! <laughs> shut this door! Who told him this was where the room was? Do you want to do it? Well, not now. Do people want to see oh, Matt Morgan do his Willy Wonka style entrance? Right. So I'll announce you, and I'll build it up like as if you've been ill or something, to add to the gravitas. You know the bit at the beginning of Willy Wonka, he comes out all frail, doesn't he? Then he does that curly, whirly, roly-poly. Get off properly, because we can see you're not ill. <laughs> you look fine. Well, not fine. Like any hypochondriac, you always look a bit poorly. <laughs> right, okay, so we'll, I'll announce him, and you give him a welcome, and then, well, then it's over to Matt, with his Jim will fix it style entrance. <laughs> All right, so, uh, right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Now, um, hello, 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 Newcastle. Well, it is my privilege to introduce a very special performer, but please, you know, bear in mind he's been very poorly lately and that, and a bit ill, so he may, he may look all frail, which I know is a proper worry for us lot. So, uh, but welcome him anyway, in a spirit of, you know, Jim will fix it, Matt Morgan, everyone! <laughs> He's all ill. I'll keep shaking. Hooray! Woo! He's fine. That's bloody good roly-poly, that, mate. Good, good head over heels. Did you hurt your neck? It's a fiddle. That's what I call acting. That was world-class stuff, that, mate. That was Wonka-esque, and I enjoyed it. Did many of you used to listen to our Radio 2 show? Why was it banned, mate? Why did you go on holiday, mate? Not on my watch. Huh? Not on your watch. It won't happen again. Not now. We've got this letter from uh, some people in the uh, audience. It says, Dear lovely Russell, could you say hello to my daughters? And I like to think of these as the daughters. <laughs> oh, yeah. My daughters. Do you want to see my daughters, governor? <laughs> like I think that a Jack the Ripper they're in, victim. They're back to front. So what if they are? Oh, no. They're just inside out. They're all sort of pressed in. Upside down, you're turning me. You don't know nothing. I it's think it's a bit out. sad that to get your attention, people have to write on a pair of boobs. It's the only way I sign autographs these days, Matt. If it's not in a cleavage, if I don't have to resist the sweat to ink it out, then I don't bother writing it at what's all. It, what's it like signing boobs? I've never I done it. I love signing boobs. I love it. Because, you know, that's as close as... I, well, obviously, I mean... Do you see the nipple? Do they get the nipple out? You don't sign the nipple conventionally unless you could write a little curly-whirly message around the areoli. <laughs> Leading into the milky ducts. What sort of pen do you have to use a Sharpie? Best to use a Sharpie, best to talc it up the boobies nice. I mean, actually, while we're on this topic, I mean, a young man sent me a message on Twitter. I think he was called Steve something. He said he was here with his fiancée, and if uh, I gave him a shout-out, his fiancée would get her knockers out. So this is the perfect opportunity for me to sign knockers. I thought we were trying to do a more classy show tonight. <laughs> we are definitely doing a more classy show, Matt. That is why I used the word knockers. 
in honor of the queen, your highness. We call them knockers. Oh, oh I'll just do the, oh, let me just finish this. Okay. This is, uh, so we're just saying hello to, uh, I like to think of, oh, incidentally, it says, say hello to my daughters, and I like to think of daughters as being boobs, as you know. I like to think that one of the prostitutes, Jack the Ripper, murdered, my God, would you like to see my daughters, mister? <laughs> Before Jack went all blazing. Woo! It's, like uh, what, what's weird for me mm. is that one of her daughters is called Gavin. Yeah, I mean, the daughters' names are listed here, Matt, and it's difficult to ignore that they are called Kate and Becky, traditional daughter names, Catherine, Maureen, me, that's a weird name, Sheila, and Gavin. <laughs> Gavin, the sexiest daughter of them all. It was Gavin that was kept at home <laughs> to sweep up the cinders from the rug. While the other daughters were out there living it up. So we've done that now. Now, uh, turn up the lights just to see if that person whose fiancé will get her boobs out is here or not. <laughs> boob fiancé? Hello. Are you boob fiancé? How do you know about booby fiancé? Booby fiancé, booby fiancé. I know about booby fiancé because I got an internet message on Twitter. It said, my girlfriend, my fiancé, will get her boobs out. Where is she? Or, should we not encourage anyone to get their boobs out? I think it lowers the tone, but then they it are boobs. <laughs> That's the thing about boobs. They do lower the tone, but they will always be boobs. But before, while you lot think about whether or not you want to get your boobs out, please welcome to the stage this country's finest poet, Mr. G. Woo! Get out here. Give him a cane. Go on, G-Force. You're right, mate. Sit there, then. Okay, so let's make sure that we familiarise ourselves with Newcastle, the place that we're broadcasting from. Let's have a round of applause for Newcastle. It's a beautiful city. So here we go. A North East luxury hotel has been given more time to complete an expansion. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, this You're, is good. Listen, when the it bit underneath it that's all covered in highlighter. Ah, yes. <laughs> that was going to be hard comedically. I just thought someone had scribbled on it. I thought someone had tangoed all over these no, but pages. Carry on with the luxury hotel. I'd love to see where you go with it. Okay, so this luxury hotel, Matt, <laughs> apparently they got the wrong type of planning permission. <sighs> Drinker did not know he had crashed. That sounds like a better story. That's better, isn't it? It might have been into a luxury hotel, which would tie things in very nicely. A man, this happened in Newcastle, your city. A man was unaware that he had crashed his car into a roundabout after drinking heavily with friends. <laughs> Lewis Glancy, 25, from Ridgewood Court, said, <laughs> well, this is, he'd been drinking at a friend's house on September the 26th when he decided to drive home in the early hours. Blair Martin, prosecuting, told the court that when police were called to the roundabout in St Cuthbert's Way, Darlington, what's that like, St Cuthbert's Way? Uh, what is it like, Sunderland, Mackham's? <laughs> Woo. Hartley Paul, monkey hangers. <laughs> they found Glancy randomly pressing buttons in his car, <laughs> completely unaware of what had happened, despite his airbag having been deployed. <laughs> What's wrong with me, Mortar? And why have I got the, that big marshmallow man from Ghostbusters on me lap? <laughs> what was I drinking? How do they know it was randomly pressing buttons? He might have been following some intricate pattern they'd worked out. He may have had a sort of binary system that yeah. only the finest minds would have understood. Okay, if I could just get the flux capacitor working, <laughs> we can go back <laughs> to before I crashed the back. car. It's your kids. <laughs> it's your kids. I ran them over. Gee, help me to undress. 
Uh-oh. Get your boobs out, Gene. This is what we have to do, Matt. How often do you work out, Russell? Because I noticed your arms are a bit bigger. What, ripped? Oh. No, your jacket's ripped, not you. I'm not helping. He's got to learn for himself. Do you know that Five Russell, Russell, wait. And something did tear. Russell's clothes are now selected by a woman in America. Every, every day, he gets this thing off a hanger and it says what day it is and how to put on this outfit. It's all prescribed by a woman from another country. Yes, Katy Perry. It says very clearly on the label, Mr. G was supposed to take that jacket off elegantly. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. I thought this was a jacket. You put your boobs on and sit there because I shall see boobs. How does that system work for you? I huh? don't understand how it works. Does she fly the clothes over? I think what happens is, mate... You don't even know. I don't know what happens, mate. I just go in the cupboard, there's a bag of clothes, there's a label on it, I put the bloody clothes on. Life's hard enough, you know what I mean, mate? But I've like written scarves. on 20 pairs of tits today. I can't think about what hat I'm supposed to wear. But what happens to the clothes after you've worn them? Because there's... A They're burned. <laughs> we burn them, like in Maoist China, like all of the literature. We burn the clothes before they influence me. They might influence me into being less communist. <laughs> and this watch is broken. Let's have a look. That's no, right. Because some kids were at the book signing earlier. And I, I, I goes, why aren't you at school? And they went, it's half past one, Mr. Brandt, or something like that. And I thought, that's what you're meant to be at school, aren't you? Half past one. That's yeah. school o'clock. So yeah. I drew that on to show them who was boss. Turned out it was me. <laughs> this lad, anyway, Lewis Glancy. Lewis! He gave a reading of 119 milligrams of alcohol. That don't sound like very much. There's 330 milliliters in there. And I'm fit as a fiddle. Graham Huntsley, mitigating, said Glancy had been drinking with friends and was about to leave when he noticed his car <laughs> and noticed made the silly car. decision to oh. drive it home. <laughs> oh, I remember that from when I got here earlier. <laughs> That's that thing with all the buttons in. Oh, I've got to go in there. I'll give him the pressing, but not randomly, mind. I'm going to press him <laughs> according to my system with me elbows and me tits. Well, Glancy, he's been disqualified for driving for 28 months and fined. I still cannot drive myself, Matt. I've been learning. It's not, it's not going well. I knocked, knocked over some bins the other day. Have you actually... You've had lessons, haven't you? Have you yeah. ever driven in this country? You've only driven in LA, yeah. haven't you? I've had lessons off of Tom, the man Tom. He's a driving instructor. Oh, yes, we all know Tom. Tom? Yeah, Tom. You're he not said, disconnected from reality at all. That's right. You know Tom, the driving man. <laughs> he puts all my clothes in a bag. What car is it that you learnt to drive in? Some ridiculous Rolls it's Royce. It's got the name of the driving school all over it. So I look like an idiot. I'm in, in there. America. It's a Prius and it's got like Lady Bunce's lollipop school of idiots <laughs> written all up the wall. How far are you along in your learning? Not good. A clock. You're quite, you, I thought you'd be all right at it. I'm not good at it at all, Matthew, because, well, I try my best. I really try to leave my attitude on the curb, girlfriend, because <laughs> I tell you something, driving, bitch, that got serious, and yeah. that's the truth. So what I mostly do is I try my artist, and Tom says things to me like, okay, he sort of makes characters for everyone that we come across on the driving journeys. Oh, watch out for old home slice there, buddy. There's old granny, she's just doing her shopping. Whoops, <laughs> don't run down MC Hammer there. It was actually MC Hammer, and I did run him down. 
Hammer time. Do you think you'll complete your course? I don't know if I can complete it, Matt, because at the end there is a special test where they judge my skills. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, which are not good. Because remember, last time I tried to learn to drive, I did the driving. I was drunk then, so I did the driving lessons drunk, because I thought, well, I'll be drunk when I'm driving. So if I learn driving while drunk, it won't make no difference. But that meant I didn't pick up nothing in the lessons because I was drunk. So it went badly. But as it turned out, I'm still not that good. Anyway, without the drunkenness, let's do a new news story. Aha! So this is the news in your city. You're listening to us on Talk Sport on the Bookie Walk 2 tour. Ravers, £400 a month on drugs. Good. Drugs there, being cheered. That's, that's a fair bit of drugs. 400 on? Well, it depends, actually, what the drug is. If you're yeah. spending that on acid... Yeah, if you're spending that on acid, you are you having think. a hell of a month. Yeah. <laughs> it probably would last You're not forever. having a month. No. The concept of a month is lost. Yeah. You're having a... <laughs> I've got this new time frame called... <laughs> I've just eaten my inside with my eyes. A raver who spent £400 a month on drugs has been banned from clubbing at the weekends by magistrates. That's the sort of thing his mum should do. How are they going to enforce that? You can just go somewhere else. Ryan Lee Gilbert, 19, of Victoria Terrace, Cockfield. <laughs> First place ever that we like, Cockfield. Why don't you come to Cockfield with me? <laughs> Take me to Cockfield. I was planning to go there anyway. A charge for possession of a lock knife was dropped after Gilbert's employer said he legally held the blade for work. If someone is spending 400 quid a month on acid, I don't think they should be allowed a lock knife or any kind of knife. Do class, you? Class A and B drugs, that means... Class A and B. Alison Nunn, prosecuting, weed. said police found 6.9 grams of cocaine and 3.7 grams of cannabis. What finicky ponces. Just round that up to 7 grams of coke and let him off the cannabis. <laughs> when they searched Gilbert in April, officers then found 55.7 grams of amphetamines in a drawer in his bedroom. Big load of amphetamines. How's it, why has he got him in a bedroom drawer? He probably never sleeps. You've got that amount of amphetamines in your room. Just and he does a job that he's legally allowed to carry a knife for. You don't want a knife-wielding man on amphetamines, lock knife in his way through your life. What is his job? John Turner, the, the uh, defence for Gilbert, said he'd been using drugs for five years as part of his lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, it's my lifestyle. Boo, boo, boo. I'm living my lifestyle. Sometimes I touch a lady on a titty boob. It's my lifestyle. Sometimes I like to shove a kid into a ditch. Boo, it's my lifestyle. Can't just say that, it's your lifestyle. Hang on, look. I think they should lay off him a bit, because it says he spent £400 a month on drugs, which he would take at the weekend. So there's some discipline there. He is quite disciplined, isn't he? Yeah. He spends it a month. <laughs> yeah, like he's nine to five, just <laughs> using me like a knife. Just then... waiting for Friday night. 6pm. Let's go nuts! Woohoo! <laughs> and look, yeah. he said he's had less money to spend on drugs since he lost his job in August, right? So why is he still allowed to carry the knife if he's not doing the job? He's lost the job. He's just a knife-wielding drug addict. <laughs> just wandering around, drugged up to the eyeballs, knifing things. Also, the word raver, that's not current, is it? That's the old People days. People don't say like, that. I'd like to go to a shindig on occasion. <laughs> hey, officer, I've only got these drugs because I'm on my way to a shindig. 
Should we move to story number three? We could do, Matt. Or don't you want to read our Twitter question or something? Or like, also, let's not forget, of course, that there are a ghosty in here. There are a bloody great ghosty in here who was killed by a cannonball. And here are some ghosty facts. I have been learning about this ghost. His name was Fred Godfrey, the You're actor. You're making this up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but not the bit about him being killed with a cannonball. You'll anger the ghost with these lies. Huh? My name wasn't Fred! <laughs> <laughs> but listen to these genuine ghost facts, Matt, because this is going to knock your socks off. Okay. These are all facts. He was killed, as I told the people here in Newcastle earlier, by a cannonball when they were trying to do an impression of a thunderstorm, which is a bloody ridiculous way to kill someone. I have some more info on that. On the thunderstorm? Apparently, oh. they used to make the sound of thunder by rolling a cannonball on the stage. A big <laughs> thing. Which, is, which makes sense, but then the fact that it killed him... <laughs> He must have been a bit of a wimp. Fred Godfrey was Ooh. only one inch high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's worse than a thunderstorm if you're that big. Oh, bloody hell, it's like Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Running away from a bloody great big cannonball. Poor still sod. doesn't make any sense. Do you think it's wise that we still continue with the cannonball technique when we've got a mouse in the show? <laughs> Give him a crash helmet. Yeah, well, anyway, apparently he's got a favourite seat in this theatre <gasps> where he likes to lurk. Is this real? No. Yeah, no, that is true. I mean, I'm getting these actual facts, Mafu. What? Into your mind from somewhere? Peter, one of the fellas who works at the theatre, told me it. And here he is, Peter, the fella from the theatre. Come here, Peter. That was seamless. Peter, fella from the theatre. He's one of yours, one of your own, Peter. Tell it, you work here at the theatre. Yes. Uh, Tell us some ghost facts. Uh, it was a cannonball up on the fly floor. It rolled down a big chute, make the thundering noise it go. And Don't it try and stick up for it as a special effect. <laughs> it was bloody brilliant if you were there. It was like a genuine storm. Killed poor Fred Godfrey. Tell uh, us some more facts. It fell, fell and hit him on the head. <laughs> well, that's bloody obvious. I didn't think it landed on his toe now and he overreacted. His name was Bob, Robbie. Bob, he was called Bob. Bob the actor died today. Okay, well that's a tragedy. Now what's all this stuff about him having a favourite seat? Uh, there used to be somebody, it wasn't actually him, it was somebody seen up in the gods. Do you feel happy now up there? In your ghost chair? They're up there, eh? Yeah. Okay, well we liked, uh, have you got any more ghost facts? Nope, that's enough. Round of applause for Peter! We have got a ghost, Pera Matthew. I what? am obsessed with ghosts now. I know I'm that. terrified of the ghosts. I'm worried what's going to happen with the ghost. I'm worried that Mr. G or you or me or one of us lot are going to get got by a ghost. So I've got ghost experts here. They have come to help us to talk to this ghost. Yes, tonight on our radio show, the Bookie Walk Tour 2, we are going to raise the effing dead. Let's have a round of applause for Nina and George who will help us raise the dead. Where are you, Nina and George? Get up them stairs and help us. Right, these people are genuine dead raisers. Here they come. They're a couple. Uh, you're George and Nina. Jerry. Jerry and Nina. Jerry, Nina, let's all scrunch up on the sofa together as friends. Okay, Nina, can you try, for pity's sake, to raise the spectre of this actor killed by a thunderstorm so we can work out how to just put him a rest proper, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a natural way to resolve the item. 
Finally, he needs some peace. And I think tonight's the night we can do that. At last, let's bring peace to this ghost. Right. <clears throat> well, what I would like to do is look at the spirit what's guiding you. Why do you want to look at my guiding spirit for? I ain't got no ghost. Yes, you have. What? I've got ghosts guiding me. Yeah. And what I would like to do is I would like you to stand up so I could do some sort of past life healing on you. I bet you this would. This is good. This is good. Stand up. So how about, come on. So how about let's um, bring in all parts of your body, because when you were out there on your stuff you used to take, you used to go up to different dimensions, because you are not human. Hello. I knew it. I knew it, Matt. I'm an alien oh, don't prince. Tell him that. Yeah, I'm an alien that. prince. We knew this day would come. He and didn't that go to other dimensions day. at all. Yep, nope. I'm he from a new dimension. He just fell asleep and dribbled, and I saw it. <laughs> I was dribbling because I'd been on a bloody space ride. No. That was ectoplasm from another dimension. So how about standing up and bringing all parts of your back? How the hell does me standing up help you conjure up the ghost of Fred Bassett? Stand up. You're in the hands of an expert. No. We've got a ghost in this theatre. We want to contact him. There's now, unless that ghost is contacted very soon, you two will soon be joining him. <laughs> well, I'm going. Well, you can't Thank contact the ghost. I'm not contacting no one here. Hold on a minute. I think I hear him. Get off the stage. <laughs> You're out of your depth. I think you... I yeah. Think go, go back over there now. What do you want? Are you trying to get a photograph? Give us a picture. We'll Come do it after. This is get the cannonballs. Go and sit down. You're very silly. Oh. Hold on. We can't have given... Look, we'll work it out after. Nina, Jerry, thank you for your time. We will raise the dead another day. Oh. There weren't much we could do, Matt. I really tried to raise the dead. God All knows we raised really was an awkward atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like someone's died. <laughs> okay, so let's round up this low bit of local news. Matty Morgan probably got some Twitter questions there from people here in the audience, and we'll start to wind up this show. <clears throat> Customers at a time, this is called Salon Flasher Strikes. Uh-oh. Yep. Customers at Tyneside Hairdressers were stunned when a flasher walked in. Nice. The pervert interrupted... <laughs> You pervert. A pervert. He might not be a pervert at this stage. No. Well, they've gone right in and called him a pervert. Mm. The pervert interrupted Saturday morning pampering, pampering sessions. They're the perverts. Yeah, they're there. Pampering Get, sessions. Getting pampered on a Saturday morning. I don't like the word pamper. Oh, it's a bit it's like those little like smelly talc cushion things that women have. Yeah, you know we're just going to pamper you. Pamper. Also, it's a type of nappies. So these people, Santa hairdressers, being patted down with dirty nappies. And the one man who's got the courage to walk in naked is Judge the Pervert. He deserves a medal. <laughs> the pervert interrupted a Saturday morning pampering session in the salon in Burtley Gateshead when he turned up and exposed himself before performing a sex act on himself. What? I hate that. I don't like that. What, what everyone here has got some opinions. What you think he was... I mean, he can only have been masturbating. The flasher struck at around 11am. What's the time? Well, it's like around 11, and then he struck. <laughs> I know, because I was having me 11 Zs, which I always have around 11. It's part of my pampering. <laughs> At SAS Hair and Beauty. That's a stupid name for Bloody him. stupid. SAS. Because the SAS are quite tough. They're not going to go and get their nails done. Who's in today? We've got Andy McNabb coming in <laughs> to get his pubes dyed blonde. <laughs> Police were called and officers searched the area, but he was nowhere to be seen. That's rubbish. He probably just got dressed. He's probably <laughs> sat there. 
I saw him too, said a man in a duffel coat with a peculiar <laughs> lump around the groin. I was as sickened as everyone. It very nearly put me off my pampering. And to think I served all those years in the SAS. Bravo to zero, it wasn't, said the perv. And they are now appealing to the public to help trace the pervert. Well, we are the public and we want to trace this gorgeous perv. Yeah, they haven't given a description. No, oh, well, they we have know. actually. Look. Oh, here we go. He's wearing clothes. The man is white and was wearing grey jogging bottoms, which is good for a flasher because they're very easy to get off, aren't they? <laughs> also, he had trainers and a cap under a grey hoodie. So it's well, all in grey. I don't want to come across as regionally prejudiced, but that could be anyone here. <laughs> anyone with information should call police on 03456 043 043 extension 69. Behave. <laughs> <laughs> or the independent charity Crime Stoppers anonymously. Ooh. Or no 800 555 111. Matt, Imagine we had a phone. I've just had a brilliant idea. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Didn't you get in trouble once for calling, wasting police time? Yes. That time you went into SAS Salon. That's right. <laughs> I just popped into the SAS Salon for a bit of pampering, self pampering, <laughs> I call it. All he was doing is pampering himself. You're gonna no, we can't phone that. Have we? Well, we could if we had someone else's phone and pretended to be someone else. Could we? Well, have we got a phone? Where is a phone? Gareth, I can't see because you're stood under a bright blazing light that means that everything you do is good. Oh, here's a phone. So all I have to do is ring this number. That's mad. That's not how a phone rings. It went nuts. It's remixed. Didn't it? It was a remix of a ring. <laughs> it's Jive Bunny Samaritans. This is good theatre. I love this. It could uh, a ringing phone. What will happen? Stanislavski says by the end of the second act. Good evening, through to Crime Stoppers. How can I help? Oh, hello. Um, I'm calling you from Crime Stoppers. My name is Anne Onimus. Uh, and uh, I've just got some information about the SAS uh, Hair and Beauty Salon in Durham. We better that moment only with the most beautiful girl in Newcastle. Here she is, Miss Newcastle, the sexiest woman in the world. Woo! Welcome her to the stage. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hello. Let's give you a mic for a bit. Now, what's your name? My name's V. V. Mm -hmm. You are Miss Newcastle 2010. Well done, love. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, let's, what should we do? I mean, in the old days, it would have been quite obvious. <laughs> it would have just been, my dressing room's that way. See you in five minutes. For now, it's more complicated. What do we do, Matt? I don't know. Sit down on the sofa with G, Miss Newcastle. Let's try and assimilate her into the group. I can assimilate her. I can assimilate her. Do you know how to raise the dead? <laughs> no, sorry. Sport. Do you know something about sports? <laughs> no, no. But you're bloody good looking. <laughs> bloody good looking. Did you have to do a speech to get Miss Newcastle? Because you have to do a speech about issues. Oh, yeah. Do you care about issues? <laughs> um, I don't, don't care. Do... <laughs> Matt, do the Twitter questions. Okay. And then we'll wind up this show. Mm -hmm. If you had the ability. You're nice. You look like a princess from Russell? the old days. What? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, old habits and all that. <clears throat> 
If you had the ability to transform anyone into a cat for the day, who would it be? You! Then you'd finally learn how to behave and be more graceful and stop all this boisterousness. Says Lisa Rogan from Scotland. Hello, Lisa. You can't say me. That's the end of the item. All right. Run with it. <laughs> okay, yeah, man. Let's have fun with this. Who would I like to see turned into a cat? Miss World, who do you want to <laughs> see looking like a cat? Um, say Jesus. Say <laughs> hey, Jesus. Would that get me into trouble? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hard. Who do you want to see well, looking well, like a cat? What confuses me is, do they mean it's a positive thing? Like, who would you like to give a day as a cat to? Or is it cruel? <laughs> is it like, if it was Simon Cow and he had loads of stuff to do, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be in charge on x And you wouldn't be able to tell people, <laughs> Look at that stupid cat. Who can he, who's he to judge us? I'm Simon Cow. Imagine me trousers here. So, what was the answer to that? Simon Cow, please. <laughs> <laughs> but what other new questions, Matt? What do you want written on your tombstone? Just like. Uh, Get off my tombstone! <laughs> How dare you! How dare you write on this? No dancing here! <laughs> I'm from the future! Okay, so uh, now let's do some Q&As from people in the audience. Miss World, would you be prepared to carry a microphone and uh, get questions of the people here watching us now? Gladly. Good person, because I was nearly sexist. <laughs> Off you go, love. <laughs> that is sexist. So here we are on TalkSport 4. Yes, Miss Universe. Doing these questions. What? She's Miss Universe now. Yeah. Go on, Miss Universe. Expanding. Right, turn up the lights in case she falls down them steps. She's got a bright pair of heels on there. Now then, who's got a question for us three? We're on Talksport. This is the Russell Brand Bookie Wook 2 show. Oh, sport it's question. A snappy we title. don't know nothing about sport. Come on. Set <laughs> the hammers. Right, who's got a question? They are that geezer who happens to know is called Steve, right, mate? Because I met no, him earlier. Mate, he, kissed me. he kissed me on the lips. What's your question, mate? You, were, you weren't complaining, like. No, it was nice. <laughs> I mean, you do look like a shaved Yeti, but I like that in a man. <laughs> Have a um, look at him, he's gorgeous. He's like, he kissed me on the lips. I felt like a natural woman. Really? <laughs> when did this happen? Last night, hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Fella gets lonely. What's the question, Steve? Will Infant Sorrow ever be doing a song with Morrissey? Uh, my fictional band, Infant Sorrow, in which I sing when I'm deep in character as all the snow. Can never, ever record a song. Uh, I, I don't think I will do a duet with Morrissey as uh, Infant Sorrow, because remember, Morrissey is a serious musician, and Alder Snow is a pretend rock star. And whenever I'm near Morrissey, uh, Matt will tell you that I'm engulfed in sycophancy and obsequiousness, so I could never face him as an equal and sing a song with him. I'd just be sort of simpering around his nutbag. <laughs> so the but hang on, you Infant Sorrow's fake, but you have had a music career of your own. Uh, what? I've had my own music the career. The Beatles song that you did. Oh, yeah, when I'm 64. When I get older, in my hair, I'm that ghost of the theatre. <laughs> Which Could you sing with Morrissey? If it was you, not all Morrissey, do you remember the times Morrissey came on the radio show, mate? He used to make me sing bloody I'm from a blind bubbles, and it was always very embarrassing, and I didn't like it. So, no, I won't do it. Not you again. can sing, though. Yeah, well, you just heard me. When I get older, <laughs> That, so, the answer is no, Steve, but you and your wife, I bet, have really, really good energetic sex, and I salute you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, mate. more inquiries? Miss World, get that mic back. <laughs> it's nice to have Miss World doing this it's for lovely, us. lovely, isn't it? She's not Miss World, but Wouldn't she's she? become that. Miss World, you lied to us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Miss World, give that thing to someone else. 
Say Hi, your Russell. name and ask us a question. Hi, Russell. My name's Claire. And All right, I'm, Claire. I'm a big tennis fan. You're a fan of tennis? Brilliant. Sport. Yeah. sport. This is a sport! A sport has happened on we Talk sport. sport. I do actually have a tennis tattoo as well, but... You've got a tennis what? A racket? Tattoo, tattoo. darling. <laughs> nice. Is the tennis tattoo of a racket? It is. Funnily enough. I knew we'd get there. That's good. I'd just like to say, who hits it harder, Andy Murray or Andy Roddick? What, mate? Who hits... <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to see you. That was too Geordie. Sorry. It wasn't Geordie at all. <laughs> Weren't it Geordie? What did she say? Who hits it harder, Andy Murray or someone else? Oh, Andy Roddy. Let's say Andy Murray because he's near our country and the other person can't Yeah, be... but you live in America and Andy Roddick's American. Russell. Yes, what, mate? What's it like not having a house in England anymore? You don't... You're just a man um, who lives in hotels. Um, it's weird living in hotels, although they do have a lot of good pornography. <laughs> I will say that on the so bright So does your side. house? I'll go get a house. Probably, I think I'll buy a house here in Newcastle. <laughs> Miss Weld, Miss Weld, do another question. At what point in a film star's career do they think it's acceptable to start wearing a black vest in public? Today! <laughs> black vest day! He always did that before films. <laughs> and it's only going to get more randy from here on in. It's perfectly acceptable. I think it's nearly time to wrap up this radio show. Miss Well, get back up here, or we'll do one last question. What one is more. it, love? Can you remember when you knew Castle about four years ago? Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't paying that maintenance. Well, that's at primary school now. <laughs> okay, well, let's wrap that up. Miss Weld, round of applause for Miss Weld. Bring the house lights down, please. Okay. Careful on them stairs in them shoes, sweetheart. I'm so sexist. No, that's not sexist. That's it. Get up here, toots. <laughs> that was sexist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's it like being you? What are you doing later? Never mind. So, okay, Mr. G, Poet Laureate of the show, will now summarise the evening's event with the brilliant rhyming poem that he's produced out of his mind during the time that we've been here. Not that he's out of his mind, drugs are bad. No, he made it up out of his brain. Let's listen to him, but first, let's applaud his gracefulness and brilliance. Here it is, Mr. G. Somewhere over the rainbow, past the knockers of angels, raising out of their plain clothes, booby fiancé shine bright. Car crashes with lessons, otherworldly perceptions of cockfield confessions as just living my life. Are we showing flashes of pampering or spiritual tampering? So let's go crime stopper championing by the fog of the time. Woohoo! Fog of the time! Round of applause for Mr. G! Round of applause for the great Matt Morgan! Round of applause for Gaza, we're in Newcastle. And Miss World, let's all now take a bow together and end the show. You have been listening to the Russell Brand Bookie Walk 2 Tour show on TalkSport. Thank you very much, good night. Russell Brand. Rock and roll. Radio that's branded for trouble. 100% fire brand, Russell Brand on TalkSport.